Well, good morning, everyone. Happy Mother's Day. After the service today, you could also buy your mom a rose, and if you do that, all the proceeds will go to Speed the Light, and that'll be really cool as we can help uh, people do the things that they have to do. I, I want you to turn in your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 31 today. Proverbs 31 today. And I want to talk to you for a little while about strong and courageous women of the Bible. And I'm actually starting a brand new series entitled Strong, Being Strong in Tough Times. And next week we're going to pick it up again. But I thought, what a way to start this series when we talk about strong women of the Bible. During the World War II, America was so desperate for factory workers, and so they did everything they could to try to recruit anyone they could to help uh, with so many different aspects of the war. America needed factory workers who could produce warplanes and munition products and war surplus of every kind. They even needed people to make candles for the soldiers so that they could be able to see when they were on the battlefield. The problem was most of the factory workers were men who were shipped up off to war. So because of that, America was so desperate for strong, reliable, hardworking people who could faithfully serve their country and become the American workforce during World War II. That's where Rosie the Riveter comes into history. How many know who Rosie the Riveter was? Uh, just a few of you. I'm looking out, and some of you old-timers don't even know who Rosie the Riveter was. But actually, Rosie the Riveter was a, a, a fabled person. She was actually um, the, the, uh, the product of the government who was trying through propaganda to encourage women to actually work in the factories. Most women didn't want to work in the factories. Most women, their husbands didn't want women to work in the factories. And so they created this fictitious person called Rosie the Riveter. Well, when they did that, they actually put together a, a big propaganda or promotional piece with a picture of a strong woman uh, who could really do a lot of work uh, around the house, and, and she was strong. And in fact, Norman Rockwell himself had an image on the Saturday Evening Post on May the 29th, 1943, and it was widely publicized, and as a result of that, Rosie the Riveter started showing up everywhere in the country. Rosie Riveter started showing up everywhere in the country. And so people started taking pictures of very strong women. If we can get the PowerPoint up, that would be awesome to help people to see some of the pictures of people that look like Rosie the Riveter. For example, the media found Rosie, Rosie Hicker of Easton Aircraft Company in Terrytown, New York, and pictured her as a partner of someone else working alongside of her as she actually drove rivets into airplanes. Rosie was an instant media success, and as a result of that, everywhere you would find all these Rosie riveters. They were in shipyards, they were in lumber mills, they were in steel mills, they were in foundries, they were electricians, they were mechanics, they were even boiler makers. They operated streetcars, they operated buses, they operated cranes, they operated tractors, they were engineers, they were working in drafting rooms, they were 
physicists, they were chemists, they were industrial laboratory workers, they did all kinds of things. These women were strong, they were noble, they were pretty, and they were tough. They were loyal, they were firm in their core convictions, they were hard workers, but they were still very faithful, and always, they were always there when their family needed them. They were moms. They were moms who went, went back to, to, to their home places to do the work of a housewife after the work for 10 hours a day in the factories. In fact, if we look at Rosie the Riveter, we actually will find her in the Bible. If we look at Proverbs chapter 31, would you turn with me to Proverbs chapter 31, verse 10? There's a most notable passage in the Bible that's a portrait, and that's why after service today, we want you to go into the gymnasium and get yourself a picture with your family. Now, if your family's not there, get yourself a picture anyway, because you are, so many of you moms in this room, so many of you women in this room, you are a portrait of a Proverbs 31 woman. So what does Proverbs 31 say about a strong and noble woman? Well, Proverbs 31 tells us that, number one, in, in verse 10, it says, A wife of noble character, who can find? She is worth more than rubies. In other words, it's not easy to find a wife of noble character. And when you find a wife of noble character, realize that you have someone that's a gem, worth more than all the riches in this world. Verse 11 says she is faithful and reliable to her husband, and he has full confidence in her as a person. Verse 11 says her husband has full confidence in her and lacks no value. Verse uh, uh, 12 says, she brings her husband good every day of her life. Verse 12, she brings him good, no harm, all the days of her life. Verse 13 says, she's industrious, that she selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She's not afraid to work with her hands. Verse 14 says, she will travel anywhere to get a good bargain. Anybody know anybody like that? My mother would travel anywhere. Anybody have a mom like that? You're like, oh, come on now, mom. Do you have to go to another store? Why can't we just buy it right here? But this noble woman, a Proverbs 31 woman, will travel anywhere to get a good bargain, even if she has money. She's still going to have, she's going to do everything she can to get a good bargain because she knows that she has to save for the future. The Bible says in verse 14, she is like a merchant ship and she brings her food from afar. Verse 15 says she's an early riser and she makes sure her family is well taken care of. Verse 15, she gets up early while it's still dark and she provides food for her family and portions for her servant girls. She's kind. Verse 16 says she's entrepreneurial. She invests wisely and has a really good return on everything she does because she uses her income to create more income. That's cool. She is considered a person of great integrity, yet at the same time, she's a person that knows how to get a good deal and knows how to invest her money. She considers a field and she buys it with the earnings that she makes in the vineyard. Notice, she makes money, and she turns around that money to make more money as she works really hard. Verse 17 says she's full of life. She sets about her work vigorously, and she, she's armed with strength for the task. Verse 18 says she makes a profit, and she is not afraid to work late in the night. She works long hours. 
The Bible says in verse 18, she sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. She's a multitasker. And in other words, in verse 19, her hands hold the distaff and she grasps the spindle with her fingers. And then verse 20 says she's very generous. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hand to the needy. Verse 21 says she's clothed a family with good fabrics and they're kept warm in the cold months of the year. Verse 21, when it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. Verse 22 says, she's a classy lady. Anyone know somebody who's a classy lady? Come on, raise your hand and say, my mom's a classy lady. Come on. My wife's a classy lady. My daughters are classy women. And so verse 22 says, she makes a covering for a bed, and she's clothed with fine linen and purple. She knows how to dress really nice. Verse 23 says she's very supportive of her husband's role in the city gates. Verse 23, her husband is respected in the city gate where he takes his seat among the elders in the land. Verse 24 says she makes linen garments and sells them and supplies the merchant with sashes. Verse 25 says she's clothed. Here it is. She's clothed with strength and dignity. She's clothed with strength and and dignity. I love that. Look what it says in verse 25. She is clothed with strength and dignity, and she can laugh at the days to come. She's not afraid. She's not filled with fear. Even though the days that will come may be troublesome days, even though the days that will come may be difficult days in her life, she's not filled with fear, but she's filled with faith. She knows that no matter what comes her way, that God's going to give her strength. She knows that what, whatever comes her way, she has inner integrity. She has inner strength that will give her the courage to face whatever happens in her life. I love what it says in verse 25. She's clothed, listen to me, with strength and dignity. She is a very classy woman. We're not talking about the feminist movement. We're not talking about a woman who isn't a, a, a person who loves her family and her husband. We're not talking about a woman that doesn't understand how to submit to authority. We're talking about a woman who's strong enough to do whatever it takes to get the job done. At the same time, she knows exactly her place in the kingdom of God. So this morning, I want to encourage every woman in the room. I'm not only talking about moms today, but I'm talking about every woman. Because why? Because I believe with all my heart that some of you in this room, you're a young lady, and you're going to become a mom one day. And as a result of that, you need to understand the characteristics of a strong woman. In fact, I know that there are many here that, that are here today, and you're facing some difficult times in your life. You know what? I had a difficult day on Monday. It was one of the funniest days of my life, but it wasn't so funny when it really happened. Well, I got up Monday morning, and I realized that I misplaced my wallet. Now, how many of you, you know that, man, you don't want to misplace your wallet? There's credit cards in there. There's my license, and I'm going to be traveling this week, and I really didn't want to misplace my wallet. So I think to myself, you know, it, it, it's got to be somewhere in the house. I turned the house upside down. 
I mean, I looked in every jacket. I looked in every pocket. I went back again to look again in every pocket, in every jacket, in every closet. I turned up the, 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 the couches. I turned up everything in my house, and I could not find my wallet. So you know my wife, she's really helpful. She said, why don't you just retrace your, you know, everything that you did this week? And so I did. I retraced everything in my mind. When was the last time that you had your wallet in your hand? I said, I know exactly when I had. It was in Garden City. I got gas for the car. It was Friday night. And so I, I, I must have dropped it at the gas station. So I called the guy at the gas station, really believing that he was going to tell me that he found my wallet, right? in hopes that I would find it. He said, I haven't found your wallet. So then I went to the park where I was uh, praying in the morning on Saturday morning, and I walked the whole park, and, you know, and I looked at every person like, he might have my wallet, he might have my wallet. He didn't have my wallet, you know? And so I went home, and I was really bummed. I called the credit card company, stopped, canceled the credit card, and I was really bummed about it. I had my whole day planned. I knew exactly what I was going to do. I was going to take some time to go and pray and have a good time with my wife, and now I'm just thinking about this wallet. I'm thinking, where is this wallet? Where is this wallet where and I'm really getting depressed about so I figured you know what I'm gonna do you know when I get depressed I go and clean my closet out so I went and cleaned out my closet took all of my winter clothes and put it in bins and I took it up to the attic and I thought you know what I'm gonna just you know I'm gonna get my life in order today because I'm out of order because I can't find my wallet so I figured I'm gonna make myself feel better by putting a little more order in my life so I went up to the attic and while I was in the attic I was carefully walking on the joists and the beams and I slipped and my foot went right through the ceiling right into the hallway and now I'm in the attic and I'm screaming and my leg is dangling on the hallway and my wife's like ah! My daughter comes running, are you hurt? Are you hurt? And I walked down the ladder and I said, no, I am not physically hurt, but my pride is pretty bruised right now. So now I lost my wallet and I have a hole in my ceiling. So I think, okay, you know, this, this day's got to look better. It's got to go up from here. It can't get any worse than this, you know. And so we did our floor downstairs, and so we had a lot of leftover material, and so we figured we'd go to Home Depot, and Home Depot takes everything back, right? Not. So we take all of the stuff, we put it in the car, it's a lot of stuff, we put it in the car, I put it on, you know, one of those things that you wheel into the warehouse, and, and we wait online for about two hours, you know how it is in Home Depot, and we get to the, the front, and the lady says, I'm sorry, you're at the wrong Home Depot, you have to go to the one in, in West Hempstead, so I have to take everything, put it in my car, go back to Home Depot, wait on that line again, only for her to say, I'm sorry, we can't give you your cash back, we can only give you store credit. And my wife's like, what are we going to do with store credit? We never shop in Home Depot. No offense to anybody. So we get in the car and we think, okay, the day's got to get, it's got to look up after this, you know. And uh, so I went home and I fixed the hole in the ceiling because I couldn't live with the fact that there's a hole now in the hallway of my ceiling. So I'm working till about 7.30, had a little dinner, and I told my wife, listen, you know, we need a break. We, we need to just do something. And, you know, I like Iron Man, so I said, let's go watch the movie Iron Man. So we went at 8 o'clock. We rushed to the movie theater. We got there, and it was a really good movie. Well, little be known to myself, I dropped my smartphone on the floor. There's good news, though. There's really good news. Because when I was walking out of the theater, my wife, she found it by stepping on it. (laughs) 
well, it was 1030 at night, and now I'm going home, and my wife's saying, you know what, I'm telling you, you're going to find your wallet before you go to sleep tonight, right? So I, I said, God, I'm going to find my wallet, because that was really the, the biggest problem that I had was I lost my wallet. You can fix a hole in the ceiling, you know, you can get another smartphone, although my smartphone was pretty good. But, um, but really, you know, trying to get a new license and trying to get some more credit cards and, the, 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 you know, the money that I had, whatever was in my wallet, that's gone, right? So I walk into the house and thought to myself, let me think again. Let me think one more time. And I went into the closet and I had put on a vest over another jacket and I walked and I opened the closet and I put my hand into the vest and it felt like, oh, I'm in heaven. My wallet! There is a God! And he loves me! It was 11.30 at night. And I pulled out my smartphone that was a little bruised. And I wrote on Facebook, sometimes your day can start off really difficult. But at, by the time you go to sleep, things can turn around in your life. And it ain't so bad, right? And friends, let me tell you, maybe you've been going through some hard times in your life. Maybe you've had some difficult situations as a mom, as a, as a woman. I want to encourage you today that it's not so bad, that God knows exactly what you're going through in your life. And I believe today that God wants to strengthen you. I believe that God wants to make you strong. You may be feeling a little weak today. You may feel like you just can't go another mile. You may feel like you can't keep up with the demands of life. You may feel like and you wish that you could be at a different place in a different time because it's just too hard to keep up with everything that's going on in your life. And you may feel tired and depleted. You may feel like in your natural abilities, you just don't have the strength to do the things that God has called you to do as a woman or a wife. But I want you to know the Bible says that they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So this morning, I believe that God, he's really looking down at you today and he wants to encourage you. And on my heart, I really believe for the next several weeks, I want to encourage you on being strong. I believe that God is saying to all the women in this place, that these are difficult times for your family. And these are hard times for your children. And, and there are times in which you're going to get really tired. And there are, these are going to be trying times for everyone. Not just for women, but I believe that in our country, in our world, that we're going to see some really difficult times in the next couple of years. But I believe that God, just like in the 1940s, I believe just like America was looking for some strong women to work in factories, to help to, to build airplanes, to help to, to provide for the soldiers out there, I believe that God is raising up a new kind of woman. I really believe that with all my heart. I believe that God is raising up a really strong woman. I believe that God is raising up tough women that will deal with tough times that are coming down the pike for our country. You know, America was looking for women to help with the war effort in 1942 and, and so on. I believe that God is looking for some women to help with the spiritual war that's happening all around us in this country. 
You see, in these last days, the enemy is doing everything he can to destroy the family. The enemy wants to redefine the family. The enemy wants to destroy the family by tempting our children to do things that we know are going to destroy their life. But there's one thing that I'm sure about today. When the enemy comes hard and furious against our family, when the enemy comes and tries to destroy our family, God always raises up a standard. He always raises up a people that are stronger than the enemy. The Bible says where sin abounds, grace doth more abound. And I believe that when the enemy comes against the family, God raises up strong Davids. He raises up strong Esthers. He raises up strong Deborahs. He raises up people that are strong and courageous, determined to fight for their family, that are sure that the battle belongs to the Lord, and the Lord will raise up and bless you with strength and with dignity and nobility and character and inner strength so that you can deal with the task that is before you because I really believe that God loves you with all of his heart and God has a plan for every woman in this house. In fact, God is telling you this morning that I know that you feel weak and that you can't do it by yourself and I know that your strength is fading but I love what it says in 1 Chronicles chapter 19, verse 13. It says, be strong and fight bravely for your people and the cities of our God. The Lord will do what is good in his sight. And I want to tell you today that God is saying to you women to be strong in the Lord. I know that Peter talks about a woman who's submissive. In fact, 1 Peter says, wives in the same way, be submissive to your husbands so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives when they see the purity and reverence of their lives. And you know, we get this idea that women are, are feeble and weak and women are just kind of this submissive person who just does whatever anyone tells them to do. Now, I believe with all my heart that there is an order in the family. And I believe with all my heart, according to Ephesians chapter 5, verses 22 and on, that the husband is the head of the home. And the husband should take that responsibility to lead his home. But that never takes away from the strength and the courage of a woman of God. Somebody say amen. In fact, when the husband leads, the woman becomes stronger and more courageous. She doesn't become unsubmissive and rebellious, but she becomes stronger and courageous because she knows that her husband is leading the way. So God is telling women to be gentle and submissive to their husband in the Lord. And I'm not suggesting for one moment that you should join the feminist movement, but I also see in the Bible where God calls women to be strong and fearless in the face of opposition and in the face of spiritual attacks from the enemy. In fact, Paul gives us a spiritual mandate in Ephesians chapter 6, and he's not just talking to men, but he's talking to women as well, and he says, put on the full armor of God that you may, as a woman of God, be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil and destroy the devil's work and pull down every stronghold and bring captive every thought to the obedience of Christ. And so women, I want to encourage you that your studded belt of truth 
and that your gold-plated 14-carat gold breastplate of righteousness and your bonnet that's made like a, a, a soldier's helmet of salvation and your sword of the Spirit and your pretty little shoes with your bows and your ribbons and your high heels, take all of that and step on the devil's head. Step on his neck and don't let him up, but be strong and firm in the power of the Spirit and know that God's anointing and God's power is on your life and he's calling you to be a spiritual warfare warrior in the kingdom of God to do warfare for your family to do warfare for your husband to do warfare for this country and that you are an integral part that you are in a vital part that you are a very critical part of what God wants to do in these last days somebody say amen glory to God hallelujah I believe with all my heart that God is raising up women in the ministry. I believe that God is raising up women to do things that they never thought that they could do before in their lives. Why? Because I believe that God is saying, if we're going to win this war, even though your husband may be out at work and you may be at home, wherever you are, we do this together. We win the war together. Just like in the 1940s, America had to call everyone to come and work together, to join together because they were in a battle for their life for the very existence and being of this country i believe the church is in its greatest hour and i believe it's in its greatest battle and i believe that if we're going to survive as a church then we need to have the husbands leading we need to have the wives to come and say you know what i want to be equipped to be a spiritual warrior because i want to join in this war in this battle and we're going to fight for our families and we're going to fight for our marriages and we're going to fight for our country and we're going to fight for what is right and we're going to fight for what is just and we're going to ask the lord to give us strength as we do it all together in the name of the lord jesus christ come on somebody help me out this morning and say amen and you see i see three major things that strong women did in the bible the first thing i see is that strong women of the bible always intervened and saved the people that they love they were strategically placed in the right places to intervene and to intercede for their families. In fact, they were not afraid to get right in the middle of a very critical situation when it came to their families. In fact, strong women of the Bible knew that it was time to intervene for their family and they would do anything they had to do to intercede for their family. You know, there's a story in the Bible that, that kind of like when you read it, you're like, whoa, what was going on here? But the, the story in the Bible about Moses' wife, Zipporah, it's a great story that helps us to recognize that women are called to intercede for their family. Women are called to be courageous and strong and intervene in times of, of critical crisis in their family. Here's what happens in this incredible story about how, how, how God is about to deliver the people of Israel out of Egypt. God calls Moses, and Moses says, I'm here, Lord, use me. Even though Moses was a little afraid and timid, God uses Moses. And the Bible talks about how God's call is great upon Moses, the head of his home. God calls Moses to lead his family and lead the people of Israel out of Egypt, and as Moses is preparing to go back to Egypt. Listen what happens. He's on his way. The Bible says that God meets up with Moses. Listen what it says in Exodus chapter 4, verse 24. At a lodging place on the way, they were at, you know, a Motel 6, the Lord met Moses and was about to kill him. Oh, my goodness. What? 
God calls Moses and tells him, I want to use you to go into Egypt to deliver the people of Israel into, out of Egypt into the promised land. And now, all of a sudden, it's like out of the blue, Moses is sleeping in Motel 6, and God shows up and said, I'm going to kill you, Moses. You think to yourself, what in the world is this about? Right? And the Bible goes on to say that Zipporah takes the firstborn son, and she circumcises her firstborn son, and then she takes the foreskin and throws it at the feet of Moses and says to Moses, man, you're going to get us killed, Moses. What are you doing here? And she kind of gets a little annoyed at Moses. Have you ever gotten a little annoyed at your husband? Anybody in this room? Come on, wives. Let's just confess right now. Raise your hands. All the wives in this room, raise your hands. Come on and say, I confess that I have gotten really annoyed at my husband at times. Come on, just let's get it all out. Just get it all out. Get it all out. And so God appears to Moses, going to kill him. And you think, why is God going to kill Moses? What a story. You know, everything is on the line here. Moses is going to die. The people of Israel are not going to be delivered from the Egyptians. And Moses' family is going to be broken up, and Zipporah is going to be a single mom. And Zipporah doesn't want her husband to die, and Zipporah doesn't want to be a single mom. So she jumps up and she does the very thing that Moses should have done. Now, a lot of theologians, they try to explain this. Let me explain it to you real quickly and simply. God told Moses that he was to circumcise his firstborn son, that, that everyone was to be circumcised, and Moses disobeyed God. And so God can't use a leader if he's going to disobey him. So God knows that Moses is going to re represent God, and this is a really serious thing. In fact, let me tell you something. When I get to heaven, I'm going to thank Moses because Moses had to go through things as a minister that no other minister had to go through. I mean, he was held to the highest, highest standard. And it should say something to all of us as ministers when it comes to living the life that God has called us because we have to be an example. You know, the Bible says that Moses wasn't allowed to go into the promised land because he simply struck the rock. God held him to an incredible standard. Why? Because God was about to do something that this world had never seen before. He was about to deliver over a million Israelites from Egypt. And that's a big task. And God said to Moses, Moses, if you're going to be the one that I'm going to use, then you need to obey me. I mean specifically when I say something to you. Now, here's, here's the deal here. This is powerful. I've never seen God in a burning bush. I've seen my wife in a burning bush. <laughs> She's gotten mad at me sometimes, but never God. <laughs> I've never heard the audible voice of God. I've heard my mother sometimes it sounded just like God. But because of what God had said in Moses' life and the way that God had revealed himself to Moses, Moses was accountable and he was going to have to live to a higher standard. And God said, this is what I want you to do. And, and, and Moses disobeyed God and God said, I got to kill you, Moses. Now, God didn't want to kill Moses, but he said, you know what? This is serious. You better believe Moses never played games again with God. But it was his wife that intervened. It was his wife that interceded for him. She stepped right in there. And she said, I don't want my, my husband to die, and I don't want my family to be split up, and I want the people of Israel to be delivered. So circumcision was required to live in the covenant. Now Zipporah intervenes and does what Moses should have done and circumcises her son. Now the truth is, this is a powerful story because it shows us that the prayers of a righteous person 
the intercession, the intervention of a godly woman, of a woman who is strong and courageous, not afraid to step in, even when her husband might and should have done something that was right and didn't do it, that she doesn't take over authority, but she steps in, she comes behind and she intervenes and she intercedes for her husband. Because why? Because mom, I want to tell you, woman of God, I want to tell you that the prayers of a righteous woman of God, a woman who knows her God, who knows how to get on her knees and pray and seek the face of God, God listens to your prayers. He hears your prayers and he, he honors your prayer. And I want you to know that that is the most powerful thing you could do for your family is to get on your knees every day and not be afraid to get into the spiritual battle. Because friends, when you get on your knees and you begin to cry out to God and pray for your family, you're entering into the battle zone. And you are supporting your husband as he's going out to work or wherever he is. You are doing warfare just like those women, just like Rosie the Riveter was supporting her husband. You are supporting your husband when you are praying for your husband, when you're asking God to bless your family, when you're not afraid to get into the middle and intervene and intercede for your family. There's another story in the Bible. It's a story about a woman named Abigail. Abigail is married to Nabal, and Nabal is a fool. That's what his name means, fool. Nabal was a very, very rich man, but he had a temper, and he liked to drink a lot. And Abigail, she probably fell in love with him and realized after she had already married him that this guy's a fool. But she's stuck with the guy now, and she's going to be committed to him until the day that they die. But she is a beautiful woman who has a beautiful spirit who's courageous and strong on the inside. And the Bible tells us in Samuel that, that David, he is now putting together an army of men. And he's traveling from one place to another place and he finds a large, large field. And in that field he realizes there's cattle, there's herds, and there's a whole lot of resources. But David never steals a thing from Nabal. He never takes anything that, that doesn't belong to him. In fact, David protects Nabal's men, his servants. And Nabal doesn't even know about it. But now David is getting hungry, and his men are needy. And so now David's going to appeal to Nabal, and he's going to say to him, listen, can you spare a little bit of resources that you have? And he had a whole lot of resources. And so he sends a word with one of his messengers. He said, my name is David, and I'm here with my men, and we're really going to starve to death. Would you help us with some food? And the fool turns back and says, Nabal says, who is this David? I don't know this David. He comes and asks me to for food there's no way in the world I'm gonna give him not even one olive I'm not gonna give him a thing and so the messenger goes back to David and you know David's he gets really angry now I mean he's like you know what I protected this fool's property I protected his servants surely we're gonna go and take what we need to take now by force and he tells all of his men to strap their swords on because we're going to go and we're going to get what we need. And David is mad. You know why? Because every man has pride. And David is mad. And now he gets all of his men, 400 plus men, and they ride up to Nabal's big, big mansion. 
And David's about to pull his sword out. And someone tells Abigail, they're coming for your husband and they're going to kill him. And Abigail could have said, oh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> but she was committed to her husband. She was committed to the covenant that she made to her husband. She was committed to staying with this fool. And that's what his name meant, fool. And so she gets some, you know what she got, right? She cooked up some, there you go. And she brings it out to David. And she intercedes for her husband. And she said to David, David, I really want to thank you for all that you've done. And we really appreciate, my husband and I, we really appreciate how good you've been to us. And my husband, every once in a while, he's hot-headed. But please, don't hold that against my husband or us. And don't do anything that you're going to regret. She appealed to David. She's a smart, wise woman filled with courage to intervene for her family in the time of the most critical crisis in their life. She stands out there willing to die for her family, and she intercedes for Nabal. And the Bible says that David was so deeply moved by this that he relented from that situation. I'm not going to tell you what else he did. <laughs> Number two, strong women of the Bible always display courage in the face of fear. Not only do they intervene, but somehow, someway, they're tough enough inside to deal with the things that, that make them afraid. And here's the truth. Woman of God, mom, whoever you are, God knows that there are some times when you're really afraid. I mean, you don't let your family know. You don't even let your husband know how, how afraid you really are. But there's a maternal instinct in you that knows that difficult days are coming in America, difficult days are coming to our families. And somehow, because you are a mom and a woman, you understand the danger all around you even better than your husband does. You see, men, they are warriors, and they see with tunnel vision. But women, they see everything on the sides that men can't see sometimes because a man needs to stay directed, firm, and strong, moving forward and a woman needs to look in all directions and see what is happening all around and you can see you are discerning you have a spiritual discernment that comes from the Lord and sometimes you wish you didn't have that because somewhere deep down in your spirit you can see trouble before anyone else can see it and you are called to be like a beautiful beautiful incredibly precious woman of God who's beautiful on the outside but on the inside you're made of stone I used to hear Angela Munizzi always say women of God should be velvet bricks velvet on the outside but strong on the inside courageous on the inside and the Bible is filled with all kinds of stories of people that were courageous. You know, I think of a, a woman in the Bible, J.L., who she knows that someone's going to come and destroy the people of Israel, and so she invites him into her tent, and she puts him to sleep, and then she goes to get a big spike, and she drives that spike through his head. Wow, that's pretty brutal. 
I would want to see that on the History Channel. But that's pretty courageous. I think of Deborah, I think of Esther, who courageously faces the king and intervenes and intercedes. You see, intercession goes hand in hand with courage, and she intercedes for the people of Israel. Mordecai says, death is coming to the people of Israel, and you have been positioned for such a time as this to be courageous and stand up for your family. You know what the truth is? History has never had a dearth of courageous women throughout all of history. We find that there are women who have been godly women and women of strength and courage that have made an incredible impact in our world. I think of Florence Nightingale. Florence Nightingale was the first woman in history to serve as a nurse during the wartime. And she became an icon of courage to all people because she was willing to get right in the middle of the war. I think of Helen Keller. Helen Keller is one of my all-time heroes. In her early childhood, you know the story, Helen Keller contracted an illness which left her deaf and blind for the rest of her life. But despite her disability, she studied and acquired a Bachelor of Arts degree and went on to be an author, a political activist, and even a lecturer. And she becomes a model of courage in the face of incredible disabilities in her life. Now, I know some people, they don't really love when I bring up Mother Teresa because they think, well, Mother Teresa, was she really a Christian or not? I'm not here to judge whether or not she was a born-again Christian. I'm here to tell you that she's one of the most courageous women that I've ever seen, and she has become, to me, one of an incredible, inspiring people that I, that I look up to as a model when it comes to courage and integrity. With her one and only determination to help the poor, Mother Teresa, help sick dying orphanages uh, orphans in orphanages this woman who was from albania came to india and founded the missionaries of charity in the city of calcutta and she carried out this task by performing it personally to every single person she ever met she she treated with incredible dignity and honor and she she moved with incredible poise and incredible gentleness and yet at the same time she's one of the most courageous women i've ever seen in this world mother Teresa became an inspiration to millions of persons as she had humble courage and determination amelia earhart we know what she did another extremely brave woman was rosa park who affected history for so many black women black men and black children in this country parks refused to give up her seat on a segregated bus resulting in a boycott in Montgomery, which was a watershed moment in the American civil rights movement in our country. And I love what Rosa Parks said. She said, I just, I just would not give up my seat because I was sick and tired of giving up. I was just sick and tired of giving up my rights. And she didn't even know how she would change and affect all of our country, but she becomes an icon of courage in the face of fear. Listen to me, ladies. I know that fear is real. It's a real thing in your life. And sometimes it wants to creep in and take you captive. Maybe even today, it wants to take you captive to anxiety and to worry. You sometimes lie in bed and fear wants to paralyze you. What if my, faith, my husband is unfaithful? What if he loses his job? How are we going to take care of our children? Worse than that, what if I become a single mom? What if I can't make it financially? 
What if something happens to our kids? And let me tell you something. In the last couple of years, we have seen that America is very vulnerable. And we thought at one time that we would never be out on the street, that we would always be able to make it, and that we would always live high on the hog. But the truth of the matter is, is that we can see that we are extremely vulnerable as a country. And as a result of that, because you're a woman of discernment, sometimes fear can creep in. But strong woman, I want to tell you today, take one step at a time. Trust God one step at a time along the journey of trusting him with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. I believe that God wants to tell you something today about courage, woman of God. And it's found in Joshua chapter 1, verse 17. This is for every mom and every woman. I want you to write this down and remember it. Be strong, woman of God, and be very courageous. Be careful, woman of God, to obey all that God tells you to do. As the servant of Moses gave you the example, so you are to be faithful to obey everything that God tells you to do. Don't turn to the right, woman of God, and don't turn to the left, woman of God. But be firm in your conviction. Then you will be successful wherever you go, woman of God. Have I commanded you? Be strong and very courageous, woman of God. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Ladies, God is saying to you today, be strong. Be courageous. Be careful to obey everything that you find in the word of God. Don't turn to the right or left. And you will be faithful. In all that you do, God will give you strength. And thirdly and lastly, as I close today and the worship team comes, strong women of God believe that they have been placed in a certain place at a certain time by God to make a certain difference in the lives of certain people. You see, strong women always live with a sense of destiny, that they just know that God placed them where they are for a reason. Joan of Arc is one of the most bravest women in history. As England was marching against France, Joan of Arc rallies the French troops together to an unlikely victory. They were severely underdogged. In the Battle of Orleans, Joan of Arc raises her sword in courage, and she says this, I am not afraid because I was born to do this. Man, I wish I can live every day of my life with courage knowing that God placed me where I am and I was just simply born to do what I do. Now, there are times when we're all going to get discouraged. You know, someone said to me on Friday, Happy Mother's Day. And, and they go, oh, I'm sorry. I, I made a mistake. You're not a mother. And I said, no, 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 no. You didn't make a mistake. Because like I say, almost every Mother's Day, pastors are just like moms. We feel the same way. So much to do, so many people to tend to, so many problems can go wrong. We see danger to the right, we see danger to the left, and there are so many things that can cause us to be fearful. But we need to be gentle on the outside with people in our church, always loving them, but strong enough on the inside to take the criticism and to make sure that we keep our eyes on God, always doing the right thing. 
And I want to encourage you, Mom, today to be like Joan of Arc. Recognize that you're in your family. You're married to your husband. You have your kids. You live in New York in this time, in this time of history, whereby I have to tell you that it's going to get tough in America because God believes in you and knows that just like Esther, you have been brought to the kingdom for such a time as this. You see, destiny is at work in your life. You see, the truth is, somewhere along the way, all of the women of the Bible, all of the tough women of the Bible who were strong in the face of tough times, they knew that they could make a difference in their world. They said, I must make a huge difference in the world. I'm, I must understand that God has called me with a sense of destiny to work with all my heart like a Proverbs 31 woman to be strong on the inside, gentle on the outside. God was calling them to make a difference as he sovereignly positioned them to respond to the call that was on their life. Zipporah was in the right place at the right time to intervene and intercede with courage for her family. Moses' mother was positioned in the right place to take care of Moses. So the time would come that God would use Moses to deliver the people of Israel out of Egypt. Deborah was at the right place at the right time to lead Israel when women were not looked upon to make those leadership decisions God raises up Deborah to become a strong, incredible leader. Esther was at the right place at the right time. And Mordecai says to Esther, God raised you up for such a time as this. Ladies, never forget, strong women, young or old, live with a great sense of destiny. Strong women know that God is ordering their steps, and they know that God has placed them in the right place for the right time. I want you to pray with me this morning. Would you bow your heads? Mom, woman of God, whoever you are, maybe you're not married, you're not a mom, but you, you're here today, and you're feeling a little sorry for yourself today. You can feel sorry for yourself, or you can decide to believe that God is totally in charge of your life, and he believes that he's placed you right here right where you are instead of feeling sorry for yourself instead of complaining only history can reveal how very strategic and defining the call of God is on your life today only history will look back and I'm telling you that God is calling you mom to be a history maker strong women always live with a sense of destiny defined by purpose in their life Strong women always live with a sense of understanding that they're chosen, they're called, they're commissioned, and they're set apart by God to do the very work that God has called them. Woman of God, you are a woman of destiny. Woman of God, you have been placed where you are right now, right here, to make a difference in your world. Someone once said, a woman is like a tea bag. You can't tell how strong they are until they're put in hot water. And I want to pray for you. Maybe you're in hot water today and you want to run. Maybe you're in hot water and you just want to cave in. Woman of God, 
I pray for strength and character, and I pray that as you wait upon the Lord, God will renew your strength, and you'll soar like an eagle. You'll mount up with wings, and you'll be strong in the face of great opposition and adversity. If you're a mom, you're a woman, you're young or old, I want you to stand to your feet right now. With your head bows, bowed, how many women in this room would say, Pastor, I hear you loud and clear, but I need some extra strength today. Would you raise your hand? I hear you loud and clear, but I can use some extra strength today. Let me see your hands today. Let me see your hands today. Would you allow me for a moment before we take pictures? Would you allow me as your pastor to just simply, with Pastor Henry, to simply come for a moment and lay my hands on you and pray a blessing over your life? I believe that there's something about the laying on of hands that the anointing of a God can come upon you once again. If, if that's you today, would you just step out of your seat and come right here? I want to pray for you. you. Say, you know, I hear you loud and clear. I just need some extra strength in my life. I want you to come right now. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for these wonderful, incredible women of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Maybe you're, you're not a mom, but you're a woman. And you're maybe you're in college. And you just say, I want to be a Proverbs 31 wife when I get married. I want to be a Proverbs 31 woman. I want God to mold me. I want God to shape me. I want God to break me if he has to. But I want to be the woman of God that God has called me to be. And I just need some strength today. We do this every Mother's Day. We pray for our moms because we know how hard it is to be a mom. And I'm wondering that if your wife, your mom, or woman that you came with is here, why don't you just get out of your seat as well and come and you can't get to them right now, but why don't you just stand behind them as a wall and we're going to pray right now. And Pastor Henry, would you come and we're just going to lay hands on them. You want to anoint them with oil, go ahead and do that. I know it's going to take a few moments, but we're not going to spend a lot of time because we don't have the time. But we're going to pray for you for a moment. Hallelujah, Father God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord God. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, God, for the power of your Holy Spirit in this place today, God. Lord, we pray for strength, oh God. We pray for strength and courage, Lord. We pray for the power of your Holy Spirit to come upon each one of them, God. Lord, and we ask, oh God, for a special touch upon their lives today, God. Lord, just give them courage today, God. Father, they're strong, Lord. God, we know the stories, Lord, of some of these women, God. They're strong, God. Lord, they're courageous, God. But God, every warrior, God, gets weak, Lord, God. Every warrior needs extra strength, God. So we lift them up to you, God, right now. We say, God, bless them today, God. Use them, God. Bless them, God. In Jesus' name, God. Father, strengthen them right now, God. In the name of Jesus. 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 
God, the blessing of God, the Spirit of God. 